This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of After 9 and the last one of the week, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on vacation for a couple of days, guys. I will be back on Monday. Cat is going to be off next week. And really, we're just trying to make sure that when you turn on the radio in the morning, afternoon, or evening, you've got a good live new show here in the summertime. So no after nine after today, but they will, uh, I, I might do one next week. We'll see. Whenever I do those solo podcasts, <laughs> it's a lot to talk to yourself for half an hour, Cat, as I'm sure you can imagine. So can't do that every day, but we'll, we'll certainly try. Sure. Coming up on today's after nine, it's actually quite the list here. I'm looking at it. Waxing, mm-hmm. reverse cowgirl injuries, <laughs> and, and a lot more. Aye, aye. First off, we'll run through a couple of the things that are happening today. Um, yesterday, the province of Ontario announced a new way that they're going to treat healthcare funding, a $40 million models of care innovation fund that's going to give hospitals, family health teams, and other health organizations money if they can get patients in and out faster. And one of the ways they're going to do it is, I can't believe we didn't think of this sooner. They're going to have a staff pool. So if you are uh, a nurse and there's a couple of hospitals in your area, you may be put in the pool where I'll use Waterloo Region as an example. Maybe you work at Grand River Hospital. Well, maybe they need somebody over at Cambridge Memorial so you could be sent to Cambridge Memorial. But you're coming out of the same pool and you'd still be paid by the same person. They're really just going to share staff. For the event that mm-hmm. one hospital's got too many one week and another one doesn't have enough. Which, uh, too many. I mean, does that happen often in hospitals? Well, I mean, I th- nobody on vacation. <laughs> I think this, right, exactly. Well, for sure. And and vacations happen and, and vacations needed, you know, um, especially in that industry. You need a break. I'm, I'm a huge fan of this. We understand that it's probably going to come with a little bit of training in terms of where things are kept. And I know every hospital, from what I know, has has just a little bit of a different uh, rhythm and a, a different way to do things. Some of them have a different system in place altogether, but really it's just a matter of learning those things. And if you have somebody there, as opposed to not having someone there, yeah, that's a great thing. So of course, I'm all for a pool of it. That makes sense. Not a good time for transit right now. Ottawa's light rail transit system, they say, will remain out of service Uh for at least another week. The city's transit services said in a memo to city council that the return to service for the O-Train, so to speak, is expected by July 31st. It was abruptly shut down last Monday after an axle bearing issue was discovered on one train during a routine inspection. So... All 45 trains they've got had to be pulled off and inspected and a repair done before they could go back on the tracks. Can you imagine what would happen if in a city like Toronto, Kitchener, Hamilton, anywhere, actually Hamilton doesn't have an LRT yet, but Kitchener and Toronto do, if they just shut it down for two weeks, 
Yeah, that would be really, I want to say inconvenient, but it's more than inconvenient for a lot of people. That's a lot of people's livelihoods now being kind of screwed with. Well, you know, these uh, these LRTs are great. I don't think they're a replacement for subways. I mean, I think we should be doing transit underground. I think it's the best way to make sure there's no traffic and to minimize disruption. Mm-hmm. However, the good people in Ottawa have been screwed on this O-Train. They've been trying to get this thing going properly for years, and the fucking thing still doesn't work properly. It's a mess. When you're in Ottawa and you go to jump on transit, you're really spinning the roulette wheel to see if your train is coming because this is a disaster. Then we get to the disaster in Toronto. Where's the Eglinton Crosstown LRT? That's still not done. They still don't know when it's going to be done. And now, as you know, they're in Toronto trying to replace the Scarborough Rapid Transit line with a proper TTC line. Well, last night, one of their trains derailed. It just came unhooked from the rest of the train. That's not good. Um, That's not good. It came unhooked. Is nobody in charge of making sure one train is connected to the other? And this is not, I mean, I know it's not helpful to say this or think this, probably. But it's like many other things we've talked about and discussed before. In this I'll even say province, but in this country, can we just blow that shit up and start fresh with that? Like you see, other con- you see other countries and other uh, multiple countries that are linked that can make this happen. The transit's phenomenal. A lot of people think European, so let's go there. You know, in Europe, their systems are just freaking impeccable. You get to where you need to go in a timely fashion. There's never interruptions. It's on time. It's on schedule. They just have it figured out. And we can't even seem to figure out how to keep shit on a track. We like, can't it's even fucked up. We can't even figure out how to build them properly. Uh, yes. And they're built here. I don't like. And again, I know it's not helpful to say that because that doesn't fix the issue at hand. But boy, it's on that list of things for me that I'd love to just blow up and start over again so we could do it right. It's an embarrassment, really. It's embarrassing. That- you know, people come here and they think. Oh, it's not too bad. It shouldn't be too bad. Yes. If you need to get somewhere, it's fucking bad. It's, it's also not good. a patchwork of systems where, oh, if you want to get to the airport, you take the up. But if you want to go from uh, this street to that street, that's right. Might be a streetcar or a subway. Patchy is a good way to put it. Or a bus. That's exactly what it feels like when you are trying to maneuver your way around into and around the city. Oh, did you book a hotel room in Brampton or Mississauga for your Toronto stay? Well, good luck figuring that fucking thing out. Yeah. I don't even know how you're going to get to Take downtown. Take an Uber to the to the <laughs> TTC station. Like, I mean, it's a, it is. It's patchy. That's a good way to put it because that's how I picture it in my mind. If I'm going to Toronto, it's usually a patchy, patchy situation. I'm driving to a go and from a go to here and then I'm Ubering to a there. There's no smooth transition into and around the city, I find. They haven't even fully linked up the fares. Where, okay, so if you're riding this particular bus, yeah. you can tap with your credit card. If you're on that particular bus, you need a Presto card. Yeah. You can't reload your Presto card in real time unless you go to a kiosk and speak to a person, even though there's a machine right yeah. there. Yeah. The whole thing is a mess, cat. You're right. We should just blow. I don't mean literally Not blow literally. It up. Oh, my gosh. No. Figuratively you know what I mean. blow it Figure up. Figure it out. Like, resort it. Pause everything. And just, well, not pause everything, but try to figure out a way to make it happen. And unify all the systems under one. Unify it, unify it. But that's not the only transit that's creating an issue here, Kat. Figures from a leading aviation data firm show Canada's two biggest airlines have a far higher proportion of flights delayed compared to the ones in America. Sirium is the company. They say in the final two weeks of June and the first two weeks of July, only 50% of Air Canada's flights were on time. That's not a good, that's not a good stat. Only half. Oh, wow. What are you guys doing? 
Meanwhile, about 36% of WestJet's flights were on time. And that's defined as within 15 minutes of their scheduled arrival time. So even if they were 10 minutes late, they still get counted as on time. And they're still only at 36%. Comparatively, for the American Airlines, the big five, between the high 60s and low 80s. Hmm. We're at 36 and 50%. Why have we not figured this out? It's a massive country with a tenth of the population of America. We should be able to get people from A to B in the air, no problem. It's 2023. We should have this figured out, no? Uh, again, I would. I mean, I would think so. It's another one of those industries that just, like, it, it amazes me and how we can't, we can't seem to figure it out. We just can't. I don't know why. I don't know. And there's people who get paid a lot of money, by the way, to figure it out. And they, they don't know what, what they're doing. They wonder what they do all day. A uh, couple more things before we move on to the, the penis injuries. Uh, Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland has started an interesting debate. Toronto has a $1 billion budget shortfall. And, and Olivia Chow, when she was running for mayor, her entire platform was predicated on the feds giving Toronto money. Well, now Toronto, as of yesterday, Minister Freeland said... We're not giving you a bailout. We already give you guys enough. Go and ask the premier. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, mom said no, so let's go ask dad. So they're going to go and, and ask Doug Ford for the money. Doug Ford shut that down right away. He said, we already gave you $3.3 billion for your 2023 budget, and we paid off your COVID tab from 2022. There's no more money here either. So now we've got a situation where Toronto really doesn't know where they're going to get the money from. But they're either going to have to make a billion dollars worth of cuts or they're going to have to convince somebody to give them some money. And, and hey, listen, people hate the word cut for some reason, and I don't know why. You know, I would think that when our boss comes in and he says, hey, they're going to cut some costs around here, so let's, let's take a look at the areas that we can cut. Okay, well, let's take a look at the areas that we can cut. What do we need? What do we want? It doesn't seem like anybody in Toronto's done that. However, I can admit that even if they did do that, it's hard to find a billion dollars in savings. Well, that's a lot of money. I mean, of course, I think anyone recognizes that. But at the same time, when you, it's true to an extent, because when we sit here and talk about all these different budgets that were approved for this and that, or how much money that the government has spent on this and that, I can think of countless examples where I've listened to what it is and how much money they've spent and gone, seriously? That was probably not necessary not necessary to spend twenty million on that. Ten million over here on that. Five million. So you could see how you could potentially find some things. You just don't want one part of it to suffer. You don't want anyone to suffer in doing that. So these have to be budgets that are really over the top in order to make it work. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I, I just All these city councils ran on these platforms of, oh, we're going to do this and spend on that and improve this and improve that. Nobody ran on a platform of, you know what, we're going to keep taxes where they are or lower and we're going to cut spending. Nobody ever wants to talk about cutting spending, but it's weird because in every household in Canada virtually, that's all families are it's talking doable. about is what can we cut? Yeah, and it is doable because there there are some things that our government spends money on, whether we're talking about a city or a province or a co- or the country as a whole. This, when you look at it, you go, seriously? We didn't need to spend that. So I think it's good to look at. I don't think it should be something that's feared. Blacklocks, in a Freedom of Information request, published this this morning about Health Canada. Remember the quarantine hotels when we were so afraid that somebody coming in from 
I don't know, China was going to bring COVID here that we locked people up in hotels and we had guards to make sure they didn't leave their room and shit. The highest figure disclosed to date, $338.7 million spent on the quarantine hotels. The expenses are the equivalent of $17,500 for every traveler that was given shelter for 72 hours. How how is it that high? How? That's over $5,000 a night to stay at the goddamn Holiday Inn Airport. Like, there's no way. Oh, no. It's, it's because of the amount of security that they spent as well. Like you mentioned the security. I forgot about that. They actually had people watching the door yeah. and bringing food to the door and taking things away from the door. Was it that too? I don't I, know. It, probably. I just don't understand how you spent that kind of money. No, that's insane. I mean, I get it. If you're a hotel and the government comes to you and says, We'd like to book some rooms. You probably jack that rate right up because it's the government. They don't give a fuck. They're not smart people. They don't negotiate. They don't say, well, wait a second. If I had just booked this as myself, Joe Blow, it would be $300 a night. But because I'm calling from the government, it's $5,000 a night. There's a problem there. That's a huge problem, but for some reason they keep getting away yeah, with this. Yeah, it's the shit. same with the like the homeless population when they're put up in the hotels by the government. The exact same thing happens, right? And the hotels, you can't blame them because they're just like, yeah, this is a business too. And at that time, nobody was using hotels. You might remember. So yeah. what else were they being used for? There weren't a lot of tourists around. There wasn't a lot of business travel happening. They needed that to survive. Five thousand per night? I don't get it. Like, I mean, obviously something's missing there. Can we go back and investigate that? Okay, but with that in mind, though, hearing that we're doing shit like spending $378 million on hotel quarantine hotels during COVID, and when you hear about uh, all the other dumb stuff that we spend money on, we keep hearing about the prime minister's hotel bills. I personally don't have a problem with it. I think he's the prime minister and he deserves to stay in a nice hotel. Sorry, that's just one of the perks that comes with the job. The fact that he's got an entourage is not his fault. He's got security, which is growing. He's got staff. He's got aides. He's got all sorts of people that need to help him out. That's just what it costs to fly the prime minister overseas and and have him stay in a hotel. Because, no, we don't want our prime minister staying in a Motel 6. He'd get mm-hmm. made fun of on a global stage. Of course, stage. of course. He should be in nice places. But we've got the money to spend on that shit. $100,000 we spend for the governor general to fly to Saudi Arabia just on catering for the flight. You know, I mean, we spend dumb, dumb money, stupid money. We do. I I don't understand why if Toronto's in a way where they're a billion dollars short, we can't find even half that. We can't even meet them halfway. It's a serious question and it's rhetorical, but really we can't even meet them halfway because part of the problem here in Toronto is. You'll recall a couple months ago, Quebec was quite angry. And that's one thing the federal government does not want to see is an angry Quebec. They were angry because so many people were crossing into Canada at Roxham Road and they didn't have anywhere to put them. So they moved most of them to southern Ontario. And now they're here. You can see it outside the shelters. They're the ones sleeping in tents and and camping at Allen Gardens because they have nowhere else to go. Right. Given that that's a federal thing, I would think the Fed should step in and kick in a little bit more money for the city if they agree that Toronto is a priority for Canada. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's really fascinating. You've got three levels of government all pointing at each other saying, you pay for it. No, you pay for it. Mm -hmm. No, you pay for it. And none of them has once said, bring me back a revised budget and cut a billion dollars. Let me see what that would look like so I can say, oh, well, wait a second we wouldn't be able to live like this. Or 
You know, even if we cut a billion dollars, I don't think the average person would notice that a billion dollars has been cut from the budget. Because I feel like it could go either way. Eh, it's doable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We announced something on our radio shows today <laughs> that you may want to listen for. You're definitely going to want to listen for it. It's something that's coming up a week from Friday. There's a little bit of vacation time here. Like we said at the beginning, I'm off for the rest of the week. Kat's going to be off a little bit next week. So when we're both back together, Friday, August the 4th. It's going down. It's coming off. So, for you know, I want to say for years, we've talked before about different hair removals, you know, strategies, I suppose you could go with. Yep. You've never got waxed before. No. I had laser one. Well, laser, what do you do? Like five or six sessions you're and they say you're good? To, yeah, it depends on your skin type. But yeah, let's, let's go with like five, six, up to eight sometimes, even 12, depending on how coarse the hair is. So, I wanted the hair on the back of my neck gone. And I thought, if I get that lasered off... It'll be much longer in between haircuts, and I'll probably save a little bit of money because I'm not running to get my hair done every three weeks, really just to clean up the back of my neck. So I tried laser. I did not finish it. I only did three because it hurt so fucking much, and it was I couldn't handle it. Cat, it's like snapping elastics on your skin. It was horrible. So, uh, by the way, I'm not saying it's horrible for everybody. I'm saying I didn't like it. If you want to go get laser, you go get laser. But I'd never tried waxing. And I guess I'm not going to try waxing, am I? No, actually. So this is an alternative to waxing, I guess I'd call it, is sugaring. Um, There's lots of different benefits of of sugaring over waxing. Not that waxing is bad, but they say sugaring is better for the environment um, because it uses less uh, supply. It's also all natural, so it's great for sensitive skin, and it's also better for pain tolerance. So we're going to get you sugared on the radio Live on the radio, Friday, August 4th, between 8 and 9 a.m. You guys got to hear this. It's going to be great. I have a, a friend of mine who does sugaring, and she's going to come in and do it right here. I. It's coming to you. When I, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, don't, it's convenient. Don't, don't spin this as a matter of convenience. <gasps> and it's free. Oh, free, I do Well, enjoy. I did pay a deposit. Oh, fuck. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. All right. Well, listen, when Kat said initially, oh, don't worry, I'll set it up. I thought, oh, great. Kat's got a lot of contacts. She'll she'll do a good job. I thought I was going to someone's clinic and I was going to lay down and there'd be candles and maybe somebody holding my hand, maybe a drink or something. Maybe I'd smoke a dube first. I don't know. We, I we didn't could, expect it to happen here <laughs> on the air. We could do all those things still. You could have a drink and smoke a dube before the that time comes. You can go take a break and do that. We can have someone hold your hand. Do you need your girlfriend to come in? 
Is that a weird thing? Is she okay with you doing this? She's the last person I want to see me like that because if I cry, I'm going to feel like an asshole. (laughs) We're going to film a little bit of it, okay? Just a little bit of it. Can we film a little bit of it? Oh, And we'll play it back on the podcast too because maybe you truly cannot listen in the morning, Monday to Friday when we do our morning radio show or maybe you truly can't listen in the afternoon. There really is no excuse though. I mean, we have a morning show, an afternoon show and an evening show. But if let's say you truly can't and you can only listen to the podcast, we'll have a little bit of it in it for you on the Friday. We'll do some playbacks. What if I swear? What are we going to do then? Well, um, yeah, we're not on a delay. No. no, Like a lot of people assume, by the way, when you're on radio, your live radio, that there's like a 20 second delay. There's no delay. We Uh, we don't press buttons in case somebody swears. No, we don't have that. But I can, I know you pretty well. So I will be, I will be in control of that. How about that? Would that make you more comfortable if I was in control of the radio controls to know when to bleep you out if needed? Yes. Is that okay? That'll be okay. So we'll cover the bases there. Also, I did have to get this approved through the proper channels. So the boss knows. Dave Blizzard, you know our boss. Of course he approved this. He, he approved it by, with flying colors. I'm sure he did. Yes, yes, and yes. He, he said as long as you're taking your shirt off and not your pants, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we decided I'm going to get my taint done as well. Make it nice and smooth down there. So I'm so excited. So yeah, so my girlfriend's going to come in. So, okay, Friday, August 4th, guys. Remember, 8 to, 8 to 9 a.m., be listening. You could stream us, too. Radio Player Canada app. You could just go to one of our uh, station sites. It's Energy and 91.5 The Beat in the morning. You can listen in the afternoon, 103.1 Fresh Radio, 3 to 6, or 93.1. That's uh, Fresh in Barrie from 6 to 9 p.m. I just... Uh... As I watch some videos on how this is done, I don't know, is this common? Like, when you found out you were pregnant, did you watch any videos on childbirth for an idea of what oh, to expect? Yeah, that's a bad idea. Don't look at any of those videos. But I did. No, why'd you do that? It's remarkable what people get waxed. There's people who get every every hair on their body waxed off, like right in their butt crack. Are you watching videos of that? Like, where does that come from? Where do you find those videos? I don't want to know, do I? Why were you looking up those videos? I didn't specifically look up I don't want to watch ass waxing. I just get uh, waxed. Well, I'm not getting my butthole waxed. I'm no, just I'm saying, just I'm saying not, that it's out there up? and people are doing it. <laughs> I know that. I'm well aware of what a Brazilian wax is. I'm just saying, why are you looking at videos of it? I didn't look set out looking for videos Sorry. of that. It just happened to come up in, in some of the... The waxing video. It'll be okay. It's it, it, You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'm not responsible for what happens on the air that day. I mean, if shit goes sideways, I'm, I'm well, no, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. We're going to have to throw Dave under the bus if this goes Dave? sideways. Dave isn't, I mean, he is in charge. He did approve it. So it's on him. It, you're, you're and right. he's not on the podcast right now. So we could totally blame him. It is on him. It is on him. He's approved. He's approved it. Nice work, Dave. Nice work. Lost our license. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it won't be too, I well, it might be kind of bad. We'll see. Let's go up to, I'm not sure if this is Halton Hills, maybe Caledon, maybe Brampton. It's sort of like a, one of those intersections where a whole bunch of areas collide. But a building that has been a fixture in the GTA is being torn down. The Apple Factory Farmer's Market on Highway 7 is being torn down. You must have driven by the Apple Factory. The big, is that the one with the Big Apple or is that some, that's somewhere else, right? The, the Big Apple's on your way to Belleville, I believe. Yes, okay. No, the <laughs> Apple Factory. Apple Factory. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I do know it. Just outside of Georgetown. So if you're in Georgetown driving towards Brampton, you're going to pass. Oh, look, there's Nashville oh. North on the right. And you go up a little further. And on the left-hand side is the Apple Factory. Okay, so I passed it by before for sure then. Right, absolutely. People have been going there for almost 50 
years. Wow. Great pies, great everything. They're tearing it down mm-hmm. for condos. <gasps> isn't, isn't that the way? Oh, my goodness. Listen here, Doug. Listen here. Not that part of the green belt. Any other part of the fucking green belt. Leave the pie places alone. Obviously, they sold though, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> I yeah. want to know. I want to hear. You might, you might know some of this even. But if not, if there's someone who knows more. You know when these developers buy up, sometimes it's land, but sometimes there's houses on that land yeah. in order to make these condos. Are they offering up some serious cash? And are you when you turn it down, because you own that house on that property, they want to build condos on. And I think of Waterloo because they do a lot of residences. And suddenly you'll see four or five houses all, all for for sale or sold, I should say, signs. And they're gonna they're about to be torn down. Did they? How much money did those people get to do that? Because the developers have cash. Yeah, a couple of ways they could do it. I mean, typically the developer will just go and offer them a great sum of money and say, and and no conditions, and say, "Fuck off!" And we're just going to tear it down. You'll be the last owner of this house. Here's a bunch of money. Get out of here. Yeah. And sometimes people will take it. Now, if it's the government that wants that land for that particular development, they have the ability to expropriate land. Basically, they'll make you an offer. You say no. They'll come back with a revised offer that they know is more than fair. You say no to that one, too. And then they say, well, too bad. You're taking that money and we're taking that house. <gasps> so you have no choice. Is no. that what happened to the apple farm here? No. Maybe? Or... I, I, I have to think they got offered a lot of money. I and, have to think. And maybe they wanted to retire it anyway we don't really know the circumstances but i'm pretty sure it's what mississauga road and highway seven is where it is it could be winston churchill no it's got to be mississauga road anyway they're tearing down the apple factory everybody not good the uh for our great great friends in burlington queen's head pub closing in september a legendary british pub yes i do know of that one too closing people must be said no they're closing it and selling it i believe that too will become housing are you serious? Yeah, we're building houses everywhere. Sorry, Jeez. we're building condos. I feel like there's a difference. We're not building housing. We're building condos everywhere. We are not building many houses, and I think that that's a problem, but they're popping up everywhere, Cat. Like, the amount of approvals that are coming mm-hmm. through the cities. I get the updates every day from all the different city councils in the GTA. The amount of projects that they're approving. There's going to be condos everywhere. It's going to look like Beijing here soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, just for the skyscape. I, I, the skyscape? I, the skyscape? Landscape Lands- in the sky? Skysca- you know what I mean. Yeah, I see. I hear. A lot of high rises. I hear what you're saying. And I wonder what that's going to be like for real estate. And we talked about that on and off when we brought people in to talk about it before. But Because nobody has a crystal ball. But I feel like the real estate, the, all of the real estate industry in a lot of these places, GTA especially, but the, your Kitchener-Waterloo areas, your London areas, there's more and more condo developments being being made. And how that's going to affect the real estate market is going to be very interesting. Are we just, so is it going to be cheap ass condos? You know what I mean? Are they all, is there going to be so many that you're going to be able to grab them like you used to for a hundred thousand (laughs) bucks? Or is it going to be, nope, because there's so many people that need housing that it's going to remain high and also set the prices of those single detached homes even higher. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to go. To me, I see semis anywhere with a yard. I see is probably going to go up in value, probably a pretty substantial amount. Now, when it comes to the condos, some people are perfectly content with condos. There's other people who don't want to have to go down 12 floors in an elevator to pick up their skip the dishes order. They just don't want to fucking do it. So, and and they want a little bit of land, a little bit of privacy. They don't want to smell the neighbor's weed on the balcony, all that sort of shit. So 
I think that you will probably enter a class system. And, and the most affordable stuff that you can get right away, but not all that convenient, will be the condos. And you'll be able to get them cheap, maybe even for a hundred grand. Yeah. But yeah. then if you want that house house, if you want to live the dream, so to speak. You better be making a lot of dough or have a lot of dough to put down. Yeah. Like houses now that are going for 800,000, they'll have to go for over a million. Yeah. We're just not building enough actual houses. We're building places for people to sleep, but we're not building houses. Right. And I think that's a mistake. Um... We have not yet talked about this principal at the Toronto District School Board, but this is turning out to be a very, very sad story, and it's being corroborated. Nobody is denying what happened here. The TDSB ordered all of their admin staff to undergo this diversity, equity, and inclusion training. And and the, the person, the instructor, made a point about uh, racism, and, and this principal put up their hand and respectfully disagreed with their position on something. And apparently they berated this poor man. Didn't just yell at him. They tried to humiliate him. And then there was follow-up. Then there was another day of this DEI where they looked for him, centered him out and said, hey, this is the guy that said this yesterday and continued trying to shame him. So this guy felt horrible after the whole thing. He thought he was getting canceled because he made a comment that apparently was wildly offside in DEI training. He went on a leave. He also complained to the WSIB that he was harassed. The WSIB agreed with him. They said, yeah, that's not right. What they did to you was not right. And I'm encouraged to hear them say that. So they granted this guy a leave and it's really, really, really sad. He just took his own life. He committed suicide. He took his own life uh, as a direct result, they say, of this bullying from this particular DEI company that also has contracts with the Halton Board. They're hired by all kinds of different municipalities to do city DEI training, and and they charge an absolute fortune. Of course they do. Of course they do. Because all these companies feel like, oh, fuck, we got to do the DEI training, so we'll pay whatever it costs. show that our employees are inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all. And well, that's all well and good to maybe learn a couple of things when someone brings up. A, now, I don't know specifics here. Do we know specifics of what the question was? It a question he had brought up or it was just a I don't agree with this lifestyle, whatever it might have been about. Yeah, I, I believe. And I'm going to paraphrase here. The comment was racism is just as bad in Canada, if not worse than it is in America. And the principal disagreed and said, I don't think we have uh, as big a disparity here in Canada as they do in the U.S. And they went off on him. They went off on him and his white privilege and everything. It was really, really bad. The guy was bullied into suicide. And and the good news that's coming out of this is the education minister is going to order a review of DEI training that we're putting all kinds of people through. Because if that's the kind of shit that's going on, then we absolutely need a review. It's supposed to be a conversation. You know, I remember when we've had we've had similar training, probably not with the same company, but we've had training before every workplace goes through it. And it's supposed to be a conversation. And it doesn't sound like this was ever a conversation. And that's where I have a problem with it. So I'm glad they're reviewing it. Yeah, me too. Uh, Some funny questions being asked about the uh, chef of the Obamas. Oh, okay. So I got this brought to my attention yesterday, as I'm sure a lot of people did. It was just like, hey, Obama's chef died. I was Mm -hmm. like, what? Uh, And then I heard he drowned. It's a beautiful story, really. This person was trying to get to make it as a chef. 
happened to get lucky and get a job at the White House, worked their way up to head chef for the Obamas to the point where when they left the White House, they took the chef with them. So this guy was cooking for them at their Martha's Vineyard estate. And and he drowned, unfortunately, sadly, sad. in only about eight feet of water. And yeah. I'm sure he was, was he eight feet and a half? <laughs> I could have drowned. I could easily drown in eight feet of water. I, I'm just saying that it's not like he he couldn't uh, uh, tread water where he was. It wasn't a particularly dangerous area. It wasn't particularly deep, but he was out in the water and, and he died, which is horrible. However, the reason that this is raising so many red flags is, number one, if you go to that chef's Instagram, he was an exceptional swimmer. He was a very, very good swimmer. There's videos of him in the pool doing laps, and you can see his endurance is quite good. So we don't know what happened here, but there's many people, I'm sure you've heard some of these rumors in the dark corners of the web, that feel that there is uh, some secrets that the global elite, which would be... well, who's rumored to be in the global elite? The Clintons, I guess, would be mm-hmm. the most prominent names. Anyone that was on Epstein's Island? Is that what you're <laughs> Anyone on Epstein's <laughs> Island. The Obamas, I, I never really kind of likened them to the Clintons. I thought that they were no, a little different. No, not at all. That, that's why I don't like, that's why when you're talking conspiracy stuff when it comes to the Obamas, I don't believe it. Not that I'm saying it could never happen, but I don't want to believe that. Not for a second do I think that Barack Obama walked out into the water and drowned the man. No. No, I don't think think that at all. I don't think anybody believes that. But But it's another person with a close connection to one of these global elites that's dead. Interesting. Well, and and anytime you have a connect anytime you have that connection of a politician and someone that they're close with in any way. Although on the payroll, not necessarily like a best friend, I assume, but maybe they were good friends too. I don't know. Did Obama by the way, have they said anything? Have the Obamas made a statement? Other than thoughts and prayers and thinking of the family and blah, blah, blah. Not that I know of. Maybe they, and maybe they weren't even that friendly. Maybe this guy really didn't get into all of the things that people are cons- theorizing that he did. Um, it's quite possible he hit his head. Like, is an autopsy still going to be done? It's quite oh, possible. Oh, I would hope so. Yeah. So it's, it's possible he hit his head and he was knocked unconscious and that's how he drowned, right? It's possible that he was under the influence of something. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But I'm just trying to give examples of lots of different reasons why this could happen. Sure. Or... Or he knows something, being the personal chef to the Obamas, he saw something, heard something, whatever, and you can't let too many people have that information right now, because as you know, there's hearings that are being held. It's actually starting to get investigated. There's a big push to get Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, list of who visited Epstein Island finally unsealed by the courts. It's crazy that it's still sealed when we're talking about child trafficking. It's so stupid. So, you know, during his I, trial, it should have been unsealed. It doesn't make sense. How did Jeffrey Epstein die? How was that allowed to happen? There's a couple of suspicious things that are going on, and that's why people are asking questions. I right. personally don't know what to believe, but I'm certainly interested in reading the different perspectives on it. And the Obamas were some that I really, really liked. I gave them the benefit of the doubt on every single thing, and I will now until I'm we're proven otherwise. But there's a lot of people who think even after the autopsy comes out, we're never really going to know the truth. We never really found out the truth about Jeffrey Epstein either. So we'll see what happens from here. But that is one of the things that's going around. And that's why some people are raising a red flag about the sudden death of the Obama chef. Now, there's one last thing we have to get to. And and we're out of time here. So we're going to do this quick. But I want to do this as a public service because I did not know this. In fact, if you'd quizzed me, what's the most dangerous sexual position for men. 
I don't think there's any way I would have guessed reverse cowgirl. Why? What would you have said was before that? That would be my number. The first thing out of my mouth would be reverse cowgirl for sure. Really? Because people do dumb shit all the time. Like, oh, let's do it in the the shower and one leg's up on a tub or something. And before you know it, you've fallen and broken something. Sure. But it's not necessarily a position. And where you do it can be dangerous. Absolutely. But a position wise, that's the number one most dangerous position for sure. Without a doubt. So I'm reading this article here, it's in The Guardian, and they're talking about why reverse cowgirl is just so so bloody dangerous. So it starts off with a Q&A. Could you describe it to me so I don't end up doing it by accident? It'd be very hard to do reverse cowgirl by accident, but this is where the man... You know. <laughs> I think you'd be aware. The man lies on his back with the woman sitting on top facing away from him. Okay, I've heard of that. Now, those angles don't always match up. You know what I'm saying? This is why the accidents happen. (laughs) So the next question is, how can that mildly exotic arrangement possibly be dangerous for women? The answer, it's not. The reverse cowgirl is most perilous for the penetrating sexual partner who is at risk of penile fracture. You're going to break your dick. You're going to break your dick. (laughs) According to a, 21, a 2021 study, such forcible bending of an erect penis can lead to a... Oh, people are, you know people are just can't hear this right now. This hematoma like, formation. Oh, there it is. Oh, and, he said it. And classical deformity. Oh, deformity. <laughs> the fuck. I'm laughing because I don't have a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's risky. It's risky. Right. So apparently that is, uh, that is responsible for 41% of penile injuries sure. just ahead of doggy style, which also leads to a lot of injuries. That one I perfectly understand because sometimes you lose your rhythm and bam, you end up hitting instead of going in. Got it. I think okay. everybody understands what I mean. So have you got any advice for practicing safer sex in the reverse cowgirl position? The advice is turn off the TV and concentrate on what you're doing. They say, <laughs> is it a concentration thing? Is it slips and turn falls? Turn off the TV. <laughs> Wait, I got to finish this episode of Succession. I can't focus on it. It's easy for one, for either to, actually, it's mostly on the, if we're talking about a heterosexual couple doing this, which is the case, right? Then the, it's all on the woman really, because it's one wrong slip that's just going to crush it. Right. They say if the thrusting of the two sexual partners gets even a little bit out of sync, it can lead to the male member slipping out and being crushed by the female pubic bone. In other words, I'm sorry to have to tell you, everyone, it's missionary or nothing. No, not true. There's lots of in-betweens. Oh, sure. There's a lot of them. I still think that this is relatively safe. But again, turn off the goddamn TV and pay attention to what you're doing. Concentrate is, I think that that's it. Can we just say like. (laughs) Fucking concentrate. I think that. The, the attention should be on the partner. I mean, I guess you, maybe they're watching things together, though. Is that what we're talking about here? I don't know. Maybe one's watching, one's not. Maybe one kind of wanted to and the other didn't really want to. So that was the compromise. <laughs> like, all right. I'm but- watching the news. <laughs> Hurry up. That's usually my line. <laughs> I'm watching the news. Or the news starts at nine. Hurry up. Hurry the fuck up. Let's go. <laughs> 
I don't know if we did or didn't save your penis oh. at all today, everyone. But listen, if you do, try the reverse cowgirl and end up either crushing or bending beyond repair your penis. Don't say we didn't warn you. We you tried. were told. Be careful and fucking pay attention. We've done all we can. <laughs> We've done all we can up to this point. After this, it's up to you. You know what I mean? Have a great week, everybody. We will uh, be back yeah. together with a new pod on Friday, August the 4th. I might do one next week at some point. Just stay tuned. Hopefully you're subscribed and you'll get notifications as we post a new episode. Be safe, everyone, and enjoy your summer. <laughs> Bye.